new breed of killer appeared. They didn't want money or sex or revenge. It was a new kind of murder, the senseless killing of random strangers. The first major sniper incident occurred in 1966 on this peaceful campus at Texas University. The sniper was a student who fired from this campus tower overlooking the whole city of Austin. Charles Whitman, 25, an ex-Marine sharpshooter. Like most snipers, he was a white middle-class honor student who had never committed a crime. One morning, he went to the top in this elevator with a large supply of food and ammunition and all these guns. Whitman barricaded this door and used a dolly to pull all his supplies up these stairs, then hauled them out onto the deck and began methodically shooting people at random. Welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies with Bryn and also Jeremy. That's right. It's the show about movies. And uh, this week, it's the show about movies where we're all just proud to be Italian. <laughs> we are. We're so proud to we're be proud Italian. We're proud to be Italian. We're proud to be a part of the Catholic Brotherhood across <laughs> across the world. One and all, we did it once again. Everybody give yourself a pat on the back. We took it to the Protestants. We showed them that the Pope is the one true king. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking Paisanos, about? Paisanos across the world. We did it. We fucked England. Oh, the soccer. The soccer, that's the right. The football. The, fo- the footy, that's the, right. We showed we, we uh-huh. showed Italy who's or we showed uh, England who's 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 boss who's and that is boss? of course Italy number 1. Italy number 1. Uh we don't like it England, that's Mm-mm. for sure. It did not come home. No, we don't like England. We don't like Protestants. No, fuck the prots. <laughs> The prots can go straight to hell. Straight to hell, where uh-huh. they belong for not believing in the Pope. <laughs> yeah, who's the king? Who's the king? <laughs> the king of men. Uh-huh. He speaks directly to God. And for that reason, we love him. We love the Pope. Uh, whoever it is. Do you know his name? Francis, right? I think it is Francis, yeah. yeah. It's still the cool Pope. Yes. Just whatever his name it's was. It's the liberal Pope, yeah. Yeah. Pope? <laughs> it's the pulp it's the pulp uh <laughs> um but yeah so we watched soccer this week we did yeah that was the big movie this week is, i didn't uh, watch it but i watched the twitter mm-hmm. and i i found out that the italians won which is great it was and actually the, an incredible game it really? was really a very very good game yeah what i learned about soccer is that there's only one what do you mean there's, there's only like one? with basketball there's seven oh yeah the no, there's no are, series it's, it's just, just one like game yeah one big fat game mm-hmm. and they play and they score one point yep and that's it <laughs> yeah they played uh they played a full two hours uh so that's the full 90 minutes of of soccer plus it was tied at the end of that so you go to extra time so you get to 120 minutes and then at the end of that you go to penalty kicks so after two hours and penalty kicks and all that officially scores one one <laughs> So it was a tie. It was a it was a tie that ended on penalties, and and Italy won in the penalties. What does that mean? 
So Oh, it's like a free throw. It's like uh you ever watch like the Mighty Ducks, the end of the Mighty Ducks, yeah, they do yeah, like yeah. a shootout. It's a penalty shootout. Oh, is that exciting? It's it's exciting for Americans, it's terrible for Europeans. Why? Europeans hate that sort of shit. They hate penalty kicks. They think it's like you ruined the game when that happens. Sure. I mean, it's, it is. To us, that's like a climactic ending. That's like a, that's a dramatic end. You know, but everybody's you wanna, like. You want to know who's the who's the victor. Who's actually the victor. In right? the fuck, not this flip of a coin bullshit. Right. It's a test. It's a test of skill. It's a test of might. And when you've gone to penalty kicks, you've failed. Yeah. It's no longer a test. There should be another game. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Seven games. Yeah. Do a redo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. That's not really a movie. Yes, it is. You think uh, you think sports are movies? I think sports is a movie. Yes, I do. <laughs> if you're watching on TV, it's a movie. Especially if it's like as climactic and dramatic as like a soccer game can be, it's a movie. All right, I'll buy it. There's buy soccer anything. games. There's soccer games that like decades later I still remember. I mean, like I still remember the uh, World Cup 2010. Uh, very like very very clearly. I remember like the. Um, I can remember the ends of like three different USA games from that World Cup, like the wow. way that those ended. Like I remember them so perfectly. Like that's you know that should it sticks with you, you know? Yeah, I mean I remember basketball games from when I was a kid mm-hmm. for sure. I don't watch the football, so it's but, movies. But it's yeah, definitely movies. It's a recorded that yeah. you can rewatch them. Well, speaking of uh, basketball movies from when we were kids. Yeah, what did you watch? I watched Space Jam. You did? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Why? <laughs> well, I figured the new Space Jam is coming out. And your baby wants to watch it? And, uh, you know, I, I well, I want to be like up to, I want to be up to date on the plot. I don't want to like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have forgotten anything. Yeah, you need, maybe, you need a refresher. I need a refresher. So I thought like, why not go back and watch Space Jam? Okay. And also because I um, I did recently listen to the soundtrack to Space Jam for the Secret New Project. Right, Secret and, New um, Project, which so we're now I, saying on the regular show that there's a Secret New Project. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we haven't said it on the regular show. There's a Secret New Project. <laughs> and um, and it involves Space Jam. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I rewatched Space Jam. And a um, couple of things. One, it's dog shit (laughs) (laughs) it's dog shit the only thing i let's say big things i remember from space jam is larry's not white larry's clear yes uh and bill murray's in it Uh and he says that right he says that but he also says he helps at the end he helps at the end he says oh i don't play defense yes and that's all i remember so the story of Space Jam, for folks at home who have not seen Space Jam, <laughs> yeah. uh, the story of Space Jam is that uh, there is a amusement park in space, and uh, it's owned by a big alien who's played by Danny DeVito, and he oh, has yeah. little minion aliens who are like trying to uh, suck up to him, and he's like, our theme park sucks. All the alien children don't want to come here anymore, so I need you guys to go get the Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, you want us to go get the actual, uh, the Disney ones, right? And he's like, no, this is a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, it's a Looney Tunes movie. Go get the Looney Tunes no one, for they me. They don't have their own amusement park. They uh, used to have like endorsement deals with like Six Flags. I'm aware of that, but they don't have their <laughs> own amusement park. <laughs> so he's like, go get me the Looney Tunes. I need something loony and fun for this amusement park. And and he's going to like enslave them is his plan. He's going to enslave them and make them perform day and night. Weird plan. So he sends these little aliens to go find the Looney Tunes who live on Earth beneath the Earth's crust. <laughs> have you ever seen what the director of this movie looks like? No. 
<laughs> friends, at, friends at home. <laughs> he looks like he looks like in the Bugs Bunny cartoon when he plays the conductor. He looks like Conductor Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, Leopold. I implore you at home to go just Google, go Google this. Google the phrase Joe Pitka. Uh, and look at the first couple pictures. They're all the same. Jesus Christ. Picture. Anyway, so. <laughs> so the Looney Tunes live beneath the Earth's crust. And uh, the, the aliens go down and they find them in their little Looney world. And uh, they uh, chain up Bugs Bunny. And he calls a meeting with all the other ones. And he's like, guess what, guys? We're all going to be enslaved. And uh, <laughs> And the aliens are like, that's right. And uh, they're like, but, you know we're sporting types or whatever so like we'll let you have one way out and that is uh you can beat us in a a game of your choosing and this is an interesting plot element because they're like they're like oh what could we beat them in and they're like well they're tiny little dudes like we're much taller than them like let's (laughs) play basketball yeah and uh then the aliens are like oh basketball huh and so then they go and they the, unexplained they n- nobody ever says like how they can do this but they apparently have the magical ability to turn into goop and then go into the body of somebody and steal their talent and so they go to NBA oh, games yeah. and they steal the talent of some of the NBA's finest players. Oh, I forgot that that happened. Yeah, and so then they turn into gigantic uh mutant basketball players and uh uh, the Looney Tunes are like, we need help. Let's go get Michael Jordan, who's playing baseball at the moment. Not important. Anyway, they get Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, he teaches them how to play basketball. They all play basketball. And then in the end, the Looney Tunes win. Yep. And that's the story of it, of course. <laughs> uh, Is it so, ever funny? Yes. So I was going to say, some things that are really good in it are, uh, number one, anytime the Looney Tunes aren't on screen. Uh, are not on screen yeah yeah there's really fun stuff happening with the other basketball players okay um who are charles barkley mugsy bogues patrick ewing and then two other guys who i don't know okay um and there's very fun sequences of them uh going to like uh (laughs) they go to like different doctors to try to figure out why their talent is gone and they go to like therapy and stuff oh and yeah like, i remember this uh there's like a funny line where like the therapist is like are you finding yourself like unable to perform in other ways and like charles barkley's like no <laughs> <laughs> that's like a funny bit um but yeah so those are really good bits and um uh another thing that's really interesting about it is um uh it's it's a like so we've talked about how they they nerfed lola bunny right and yeah in the bonus episode well, we talked that, about was, this. that was a big twitter thing it was a big twitter thing that they, they nerfed her by making her less sexy and uh we had looked at pictures and said like no she was you know she looks fairly the same they just put her in a different outfit mm-hmm. i have to tell you you have to watch the movie again <laughs> to like really fully understand there's no way they're making her this sexy again. She's too sexy. Th- they play sexy music behind the, the her wham, every wham. time she's <laughs> every time she's around. When she walks away, sure, like you know, I joke about her her thick ass that they give her, and they put the tail at the top to make it really look thicker. Yeah, but like when she walks away, her ass swings like a foot in either direction. Oh, she like she's is very like, hippie. She's constantly like talking like this yeah. and like. <laughs> like blowing the ears out of her face and stuff. And like bugs <laughs> does like erection stuff. And like, 
it's very like it's very spelled out for you like this is a hot chick this is a hot li- does anyone else think she's hot uh no just bugs just is bugs. like wow yeah he literally turns into like a stiff board at some point like falls on the ground and i stuff. do recall that um another thing that's Don't interesting is me. the um no a lot of really bad technical stuff happening right like we've talked about how shitty the animation is the right. animation is you know total garbage um they're really keen on like this shading style where it's like they clearly just got photoshop and they just got like the brush that has like the blurry edges so that you can make like a gradient as you draw because everything is shaded like that and it looks like complete dick but uh, another weird thing that they do is like sound mixing is so strange like there's a scene where the monsters are at uh, an nba game and they're about to steal charles barkley's talent and um they are in like a man costume right they're all in like a trench coat and like looking at the thing and then they like there's a woman and her husband next to them and like they are talking to each other and she's like honey like something weird is happening over here and he's like shut up i'm trying to watch the fucking game (laughs) (laughs) but all throughout this they completely like they, they you'd think to to do like a scene like this right you're you're in a stadium full of people right sure sure what what sound design are we doing here group walla uh roar of cameras the, roar of the crowd yeah. cameras clicking like you know basketballs and like squeaky sneakers and stuff and mm-hmm. like so all of that's there and then once they start talking oh it's all gone it's gone yeah. it's completely <laughs> gone like pin drop silence behind them <laughs> the only the only sound effect that remains behind their talking is the bounce of the basketball <laughs> <laughs> like what that they're dribbling <laughs> that the game is dribbling it's in an nba game in like madison square garden <laughs> the only thing you can hear is a bouncing basketball not even like squeaking sneakers or anything <laughs> whoa that sounds really bizarre it's really really jarring <laughs> So is there anything uh, redeeming of it? Like, should people show their kids? Like, is it no, fun? No, no, it's no, like no, not, no, not good. No, absolutely not. It's really, really shitty. It's like, it's so bad that like, there, there's parts of it that are like dizzying. Like the, the direction of like the scenes that take place in the theme park at the beginning with like the Danny DeVito alien and like all his little subordinates. Yeah. They keep picking weird angles and like okay. filming from like above and filming from below and like twisting as they're filming from <laughs> below and like you just instantly are just like getting vertigo from it. Another weird thing and is this, that animation bad too. It's so bad. It's oh, even man. worse than the Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to bring up that's so funny and just completely unrelated to all this is like the weird like they they um in order to make this relatable to kids for some reason they decided that like Michael Jordan has to have like a normal life. Like he's not a bazillionaire. Yeah, exactly. Like he's playing minor league baseball, but like he still has played for the Chicago bulls as like the top talent in the NBA he for like three decades. rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not decades, but he at, won- at least a decade. Maybe. By the time he retires to go play uh, baseball, probably a decade, right? Because he, no, this was during the middle. So he had won three rings, mm-hmm. he retired to play baseball, and then he comes back. Right. And then he wants three more rings. Uh-huh. So I think that was all in like six years or something. Yeah. So in any event, I mean, like the guy is a fucking. He's a millionaire. He's I mean, extremely this is, wealthy. No, you're right. Because 
he played in 85. 85 was the Jordan one. Mm-hmm. And that was his like third year. Yeah. Or second year. And then this movie came out was Jordan 11's. So this was been, 96. Yeah. So. So I'd been at least 11 years since because i'm i'm i know but i know the shoes (laughs) yeah so it'd be like 14 years so he he's been playing for a long time he's made a lot of money yep his house is just like a nice suburban house in like (laughs) somewhere in like suburban chicago that's so weird like has a like a kind of like mousy wife who's like you know supportive he like has like a shitty like crt tv like his kids like play minor they play like little league baseball and get driven home in a minivan by like their friends and shit they have just like a normal suburban existence it's so bizarre that's really bizarre because that would never happen now yeah like do you like they would for sure have like the adam sandler treatment where he's got like a big crazy mansion and whatever i feel i now i'm kind of curious i'm not i don't really want to watch space jam 2 but i do want to see if they give lebron his insane mansion Mm -hmm. because i've you know he instagrams it it would be so jarring now right because you know i know i'm not even a huge you know i'm not following lebron james on instagram but just from cultural you know i don't want to say meiosis that's not osmosis osmosis um just from cultural osmosis, I know that LeBron James has multiple tele- like flat screen televisions where he claims to watch every basketball game at the same time. <laughs> like in his like man cave, that is a huge finished basement. He's yeah. like, I watch every basketball game every day. That's so funny. Um, so, you know, but back then, people didn't really, maybe if they like picked up a magazine of like Lifestyles right. of the and the Famous, you knew what his house looked like. But Maybe it was like, I don't want to like, fl- maybe it was more, you know, uncouth to, to yeah, flaunt Yeah, certainly not wealth. a kid. Like, if you were a kid, you wouldn't probably know that. No, I wouldn't. I didn't know what his house was like. Um, so it is funny that they'd be like, well, he's he'll be rich, but not like rich. Yeah, they're, like, they have a scene where, because Newman is in it for some reason. I don't really remember yeah. <laughs> what his role is. I literally just watched it. I don't remember what he does. Mm-hmm. But Newman is like, wow, that is a nice house. And then it's like a nice house, but it's like still like right next to other houses. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have like a gigantic <laughs> property or anything. Which he definitely does and probably yeah. has Ferraris and shit. And yeah, he's in like driveway. a Chicago streetcar suburb. It's like pretty <laughs> like tightly wound. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> So don't watch Space Jam. Don't watch the new Space Jam. Uh, yeah, probably don't. I'm going to, but you shouldn't. Yeah, listen to us talk about it so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I'll probably talk about it next week. <laughs> oh, is it out? It's going to be out tomorrow, yeah. Oh, okay. That's fun. When anyway. you hear this, it'll have been out for a couple days. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this week I watched... Um, besides I Think You Should Leave Season 2 six more times... <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I wanted to talk about two things. Um, quickly, I wanted to revisit Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, okay. Um, which we already talked about on this show because Jeremy watched it. Right. I think we talked about it. Yeah, we did. Uh-huh. Um, I waited a long time to watch it. It's been a month, I think, since it came out. Um, I like Bo Burnham. I think he's a funny guy. Um, this wasn't very funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought that the 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 very specifically funny songs fell really flat to me. Mm-hmm. Like white woman's Instagram yes, was just yeah, like, yeah. okay, yes, there's like a, you're just describing an aesthetic and that's supposed to be funny. Um, I didn't find much of it very funny. There was a, there was a few really big laughs. 
Um, but I was really surprised. I think that if I had watched this when it came out, I might have felt some sort of like catharsis mm-hmm. um, from it because there's like this, it's, it's about pa- the pandemic um, in a way that not a lot of things have been. Right. Um, but it's funny because just a couple of months of being outside and not worrying about it, it made me feel really bummed out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I watched it and I was just like, I don't want to, I almost turned it off like three times. Yeah. Just like seeing somebody like deteriorate mentally, like right, going yeah. through the shit we all just went through or like a lot of us just went through um, was just such a bummer. And I don't think this is going to age very well. Like, I don't think, I. it's funny because I feel like um, the soundtrack to this movie has like, 14 million plays on spotify like people are listening to the songs like as a record yeah but i don't know if people are going to go back and watch this no i think it's but i think it's cut up in a smart way i had mentioned this when we talked about it initially that like he's kind of returning to an old version of himself that's like making content for the internet rather than making like stand-up specials and like i think what's interesting about inside in particular is how it's clearly cut up to be cut up Like, the idea of it is that each piece can work on its own and can be its own little thing. That's true. And so I think, like, the whole special itself won't age well and won't be around for a long time. But I think, like, a piece like Welcome to the Internet will be around forever. We're going to be seeing that forever. That's fair. I think that's true. And one of my big, I guess, criticisms of it as a whole thing is that it just felt like I have seen longer and better YouTube essays. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, I've seen, like, Abby, Abby's stuff. Right. Which is, like, hours long. That is, or Harrison's stuff. It's, mm-hmm. like, hours long research stuff. And this was just, like, a bunch of short YouTube videos that were, like, somewhat funny, sometimes, like, yeah. really upsetting. <laughs> I think what's most interesting about it is, like, the, like, in-the-momentness of a lot of it. Like, I really appreciate the choreography that goes on of, like, him playing the song and changing the angles and changing the lights by himself. Yeah. You know that was mean? impressive. That's and, really neat to me. I mean, it, and it's, it's much more cinematic than you'd think it would be. And, mm-hmm. and more than most YouTube shows are, um, you know, aside from the, the couple of big names that have gotten really famous, right? Like almost nobody's moving the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, or even has like someone to help them with that. Um, so it was, you know, it's fun to see him like figure those things out. Um, but it's just not fun to watch. <laughs> it's such a bummer. Yeah. It feels it. I really was feeling like I did, didn't want to see it. I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to think about being cooped up again. Right. Um, really bummed me out. And I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised how affecting it was. Um, and I don't know if that was a good thing. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, watch it if you want to feel that. But uh, I didn't really like it. Um, I didn't really like feeling that way. Right. Watch the watch the Welcome to the Internet thing and watch the All Eyes on Me song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are good songs. Um, he's he's very talented. No diss to him. But I don't I don't I don't get why it's like being praised as like this mm. huge cultural thing, I guess. I mean, I think because people watched it in the moment, right? Yeah. And they did the feel that catharsis. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the catharsis was a big part of it, and I think it's the it's the cinematicness of it, and it's like somebody doing something like. You have to understand, like, 99.9% of stand-up specials are, like, the laziest thing in the world, <laughs> right? And and that's not to, to disrespect, like, the work that goes into drilling an hour. And that's not to be, you know, taken away from. Right, but, but, like, but the filming. But the filming of it and the releasing of it is so fucking lazy. Yeah. Nobody does anything well, with it's their funny. specials. It's funny, like, when Louis C.K. did Hilarious, mm-hmm. it was, like, this thing that people talked about he's like he shot it on 35 and it's released in theater right and it's like okay but it's still just it's, it's just still just shots of him, him and the- then reaction <laughs> shots from the crowd and like yeah you know if he does a joke about a black thing then it's like a reaction shot of a black person laughing you know if <laughs> yeah. he does thing, a something woman, a woman yeah, yeah. it's a woman laughing like it's shot the exact same way Mm -hmm. as everything else is it doesn't look that much more interesting the most interesting thing is like um what's his name the racist guy um who just got in trouble a couple months ago crystalia no the uh (laughs) tony hinchcliffe oh yeah tony hinchcliffe did a special that was called one shot and it was literally just one shot and no cuts no cuts and like the camera like occasionally like gets up on stage and like walks around him and stuff and like that's interesting Sure. But it's like, you know, is that really that interesting? No. Like, not really. I mean, like... Yeah. Even great ones like the the Tim Heidecker shit, it's like, mm-hmm. it's an amazing performance, but it's just shot, like, not. it's not shot interestingly. Yeah. Uh, I can't even think of one that's good. Yeah, I think the best, like... <sighs> or that's interesting, I guess. And it's like, I guess there's an argument to be made of like, do you want it to be interesting? Right do you want it to be anything other than just like a record of your, your hour? Mm-hmm. Maybe most people don't want that, but I mean, if you get to make a movie, maybe make, make a little bit of a movie too. I think one I that know. I've always liked is um like Stuart Lee does interesting things with his specials. He's where, a British like, guy, right? He's the British guy. I, I talk about him a lot. I'm a big, 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 big fan of his, mm-hmm. but he has like this whole philosophy about like reaction shots and how like, he will never do a reaction shot that he's not in. So like rather than doing like him and then reverse shot is the crowd, the reverse shot is a camera that's behind him. So you see the audience laugh and he has like sideways cameras that have him from a side profile and you see that side of like the theater laughing. Right. And he does a thing where like those side cameras then become like part of the show where like he'll do something to the audience and then he'll do something as like an aside for the audience at home. Like he'll say something like, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he's like, you know, these people are laughing. But like, he's like, but you at home, you're probably just kind of like zoning out right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah. But so Bo Burnham did a lot of work. Yeah. Clearly put himself through it for this thing. You know, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to talk about one other thing. Um, I didn't want to talk about, but uh, I watched this movie called All Light Everywhere. Okay. Um, which is came out this year. I think it came out like last week. Mm. Um, it's directed by a guy named Theo Anthony. Okay. He has only done one other feature, um, and it's called Rat Film. Okay. Um, and I haven't seen it, um, but it's... It doesn't matter what that's about. This is, but his thing is sort of, um, he's really inspired by someone named Chris Marker. I don't know if you've seen Sansolet. Um, no. It's, uh, it's a sort of seven, he, he did La Jetie, you know that? No. It, it's um, the short film, 
that was turned into 12 monkeys okay it's like all still photographs it's Mm -hmm. not a documentary it's about sci-fi but it's like a short it's like a 20 minute short film anyway he's like an experimental documentary filmmaker sort of in the vein of um adam curtis okay except uh not so specifically political um so this is sort of like an adam curtis documentary but he doesn't really he doesn't narrate it um an actor narrates it um so this movie is is it's hard to explain it's i I, watching it i was constantly wondering if you'd like it um (laughs) because it's super interesting um at its base it's uh about surveillance it's about um the company who makes body cams for policemen okay um called axio i think uh they also make taser they used to be called taser incorporated (laughs) so (laughs) um he gets like (laughs) why is that funny they make tasers and they're called taser incorporated they invented the taser i know that's just like it's like the company was called like gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well they made that up you know the reason we call it's like kleenex you know or xerox um but uh this is very relevant to this next movie we're going to talk about mm-hmm. but um it's a it's a really fascinating documentary cuz he talks to like the CEO of the, the the thing but it's not uh there's no talking heads like there's never somebody just sitting down talking right. like he's following them around there's a lot of like cuts that last too long where he's like purposefully showing that it's a documentary you know like mm-hmm. he's like do you want me to stand here was that good yeah, you know they yeah, yeah. like too long of stuff and like then he goes to see like policemen giving trainings on the body cams um he goes there's a but there's a lot of stuff um so the way it's formatted is like a lot of stuff in it that isn't explained mm-hmm. like for a while you'll just see people putting on these weird headsets and then like being asked questions and like looking at a screen and that's not really ever explained. You sort of find out later that they're these weird like eye tracking software okay. that they're like showing what people are looking at in computers. But it's like, it's all very vibey. Uh, the music is all done by Dan Deacon and it feels a lot like Steve Reich or Philip Glass, you know, mm-hmm. kind of feels like Koyana Scotsy, but a lot more explanation. Um, and then he goes really deep into like the concept of like, observation as a concept mm-hmm. um they'll just be like you know you'll be talking with the axos guy or whatever and then it'll cut to like in 1841 this guy invented like the camera <laughs> and like it'll just start talking about like how your optic nerve is like right in the center of your vision and shit gets filled in and like the history of people perceiving and understanding how perception or like the act of observation like obfuscates your perception and so it's trying to draw all of this sort of philosophical stuff into the way that body cameras um, function to help police and not people. 
um, because of what it leaves out of its frame and how it works and how that footage gets used in court and how yeah. the people making it understand that and know that the reason they have like an 80% market share of all the police in the whole country is because they don't have infrared because you can't, if you had infrared, you'd have more information than the officer had. Like it, like some of the fucking stuff it gets into is so mind boggling and interesting. interesting. Yeah. But it has this sense of like, pretension that i don't know if you would like right um because it's just so grandiose in its scope uh-huh. um but i found it fascinating it's yeah. a beautiful movie um it's like if adam curtis did something that was more about researching a topic rather than him just sort of telling his opinion uh and like trying to make a video essay right 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 um i'm interested i i i will check it out it's interesting um there's some really great images or some like a lot of it is just good footage. Mm-hmm. Um, like the best parts of it, I think of like there's a guy who did a secret project in Baltimore to fly drones over the city, right? Um, with the Boston Police Department, and it like the mayor didn't even know about it. It was like top secret, hmm. and he was like flying his planes over the city and taking a picture every second. Okay, and then it was like funneled into this software where you could just like rewind time and like basically surveil the entire city all at once. What? Um, it's been illegal for a long time. Yeah. Um, since like 2018 when it happened. Um, and he's been trying to get it to be legal now. Yeah. And so he goes to talk to like the community. So it's just like 16 black people and this like fat white guy who wants to surveil them. And it's just like people just screaming um, and pointing at the documentary filmmakers. Like, why aren't you black? Why? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, uh, I was born this way. You know, it's like, well, like, why are you here? <laughs> like, whose side are you on? You right. Know? And it's yeah. like he, the filmmakers are very conscious about, how they are perceived because the whole movie is about like how whatever is outside of your frame is like whatever you point your camera at is leaving something out. Right. Um, and it's a really good exploration of that idea, which I think I've never really seen. Like I hear you hear it in film school, obviously, but like to really get into it as a movie is really interesting. Um, so I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah. I think I'm going to check it out. It's, it's really cool. And I, he did this other movie about rats that's just like you know it's not just about rats it's about how they're about fucking capitalism (laughs) it's always about capitalism yeah um but i think it's i think it makes us all rats (laughs) i think it's more about like city infrastructure and Mm, um hello (laughs) you're kind of shit Uh, watch that trailer and see if you'll like it um but yeah so I would say, I really liked this movie, Listener, so I would say check it out if you're into, like, weird documentaries. If you like Chris Marker, absolutely watch it. Um, If you like Adam Curtis, watch it, because it's definitely not as pretentious as Adam Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, anyway, this week, we watch another documentary. Yes. Um, I wouldn't call it pretentious. It's not pretentious. It's it's something else. Whatever the opposite is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, this movie is called The Killing of America. (laughs) And it is directed by, oh, I've completely forgot. It came out in... 1981. 1981, which I, which confused, another reason I was confused is because you put 1982 on accident. Oh. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Am I watching the right thing? Uh, Killing of America is from 1981 and just directed by Sheldon Renan, who um, didn't really direct 
much else. No, and it was like, it has a weird production story where it's like from Japan. Oh, it's a super weird production <laughs> story. <laughs> um, I don't think he really has many other uh, things under his belt, but... Unless like under another name or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the, you picked this movie. I did. I don't remember why, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay. uh, I think I... I had at some point just like done a big like pull of just movies that I haven't seen that I want to for one reason or another. And at some point oh, okay. I'd like gone through a bunch of like documentaries I'd never seen. And this was on there. And I think I just put it on the list and it just kind of kicked around in our queue for a while. And I finally just threw it on. I really don't think my like, I don't think that I had thought of it in any other terms than that. Oh, okay. I, I was expecting you to come in and say that it was something you watched when you were a kid. No, I'd never seen it before. Oh, it's, okay. It's, I think what I was thinking of it in terms of is like, uh, like the way that cities are being portrayed right now in media and yeah. the way that like right wing media is trying to make like everything so scary. And it's like, you know, like New York is fucking hell on earth right now. The <laughs> yeah. murder rate is going up. It's a shooting every day. And like y- your experience of it living here is just like, it's just New York. It's, it's nothing. I've I've I grew up in Los Angeles in the nineties and I had seen multiple people murdered in with my eyes. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone I I've barely seen anyone get beat up in New York City. Yeah. Like it's a very safe city. It's like once a year, <laughs> I'd say, once a year, pretty reliably, I will see something that I just have to be like, uh, this is none of my business. And sure. it's never a murder. No. It's always like a People fight that's yelling starting. or something. It's a, yeah, it's, it's like an argument that seems to be getting a little further than an argument. And you're like, I'm going to cross the street because I don't need to be involved in this. Yeah. You're living around 8 million people constantly packed in like sardines. You see some stuff. You see some stuff. I would I would guarantee you that my version of that for this year is the one that we had the other night where the, the dude was trying to get money off of us. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And he just... <laughs> So folks at home, we were walking, kind of. <laughs> we were walking to a bar and this homeless guy, or maybe not even, he might've been He homed. didn't seem homeless. He just seemed like an asshole. <laughs> he said like, he said, Hey, you guys got some money. I need some money for drugs. And we were like, all right, that's a, you know, that's a good pitch. Funny pit. yeah. It's a funny pitch. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a buck. And I like pulled out my wallet and I had only a 10 or a 20. And I was like, well, I already pulled out my wallet. I, I pulled out my wallet too. And yeah. I had dollars that which I was sorting through. Yeah, yeah, you were sorting through dollars. I was genuinely considering, I was like, I might give him the 10 because I already pulled out my wallet and it would be humiliating to put it back. So <laughs> I might just give him the 10. And then he said, I would fucking kill somebody for 20 bucks. And we both were like, well, <laughs> see you later then, man. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever this intimidation tactic is you're doing, no interest. Right. And he didn't say it. He didn't say it like, Ooh, I see that twenty. I would kill someone for twenty. I would kill he for twenty bucks. Like, I, I would kill. You. I will kill you for twenty bucks. <laughs> uh, it was very weird, and we were like, "Fuck you, man." Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a you know, you it's a little bit like yish, you know, and and I've you know, I've had to pull a knife on somebody, like mm-hmm. it, you know, it, you get into weird situations, but like, there's no rampant violence in new york city yeah. like it's a ridiculous thing to say especially if you look at like just statistically like even by like cop numbers we're far far down from anywhere we were in the 90s right like it's ridiculous and and but like a movie like this like okay the yeah, violence wasn't the, <laughs> the violence wasn't bad in the 80s like this either but like this movie is very good at portraying it as though 
violence is rampant. Everybody's getting murdered all the time. Well, here's what's strange. Okay, so here's the movie. The movie is about um, the, I guess, just after the seven sixties. We've just experienced some sort of huge spike in violence. And the movie's evidence for this is just like the weirdest smattering. It's 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 structured like faces of death. Mm-hmm. And this is what was so strange to me is that it didn't feel like a documentary at all. Right. It felt like it felt like a faces of death movie where it was just like this is pornographic. Yes. It feels like a porno compilation it is cool because it's i mean this is like a it's a classic mondo documentary right yeah, it's yeah. like this is meant to be at once like quote unquote informative you're supposed to be entering this with the idea of like i'm watching a documentary about crime in america i'm learning and like about two seconds into it you're like this is trash <laughs> and then like five seconds into it you're like i'm enjoying this trash <laughs> well it's so okay so the way the movie i was really confused again because you picked it i was like Jeremy probably would pick some fascist propaganda. Right. Uh, uh, then, you'd be dead wrong about that. Because <laughs> we just watched fascist this propaganda. This movie is fascist propaganda. But what's really weird about it is that it starts with uh, the most famous assassinations of the 60s. Right. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, we're getting into JFK territory. And it shows the Pruder film in full. And then like... I'm like, okay. And then it's like the Warren Commission said that Lee Harvey Oswald killed him. And it's like, okay. And then it's like, but then the House Committee on Assassination said it was more than one person. I was like, okay. And then, and then 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 anyway, so uh, this moves on. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about um, George Wallace. (laughs) And then it just moves on to like, and then Sirhan Sirhan killed Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he didn't. But like, you know, me being a person who has read a lot of books and scholarship on all of these things that ended up being very clear CIA operations. Right. Um, I was like, when are they going to get to that? And it doesn't. It doesn't. But then it doesn't even really get to like, we're trying to reinforce the narrative. No, it doesn't get to anything. <laughs> That's what's so <laughs> what? fascinating about this movie is that like, it has zero perspective. <laughs> There's nothing to say about any of these except like, Hey, that's pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's another thing. <laughs> well, because then it, because then it's like, because when it's like, okay, Bobby Kennedy, and then Martin Luther King, yeah, and then uh, some other famous assassination. Oh, Nixon. Yeah. Or, or, excuse excuse uh, me, Reagan, Reagan. Yeah. But he doesn't actually get he doesn't shot. Doesn't get killed. Yeah. He... Uh, or killed. Um. And then I'm like, what is? Where is this going? And then it just starts going to random pieces of violence that they found footage of. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's just like, here's a convenience store robbery where the guy gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. So it does like the assassinations first, and like the at this point they do have some sort of a perspective where they're saying oh. like they're saying like you know random violence and killing is so prevalent now that it's deciding elections right right and i was like wallace loses because he's been like confined to a wheelchair which is a dubious claim yeah Uh, (laughs) but uh you know like but so he says like you know this is what's deciding elections now and this madness runs even deeper there's you know it used to be that like it was only black people who murdered each other (laughs) and like there's definitely a racial element to it at at first where he's like he's like it used to be that it was just like crackheads murdering each other or whatever (laughs) but now white people with with high iqs are sniping (laughs) yes 
so they, they do a whole segment like on IQ, like high mm-hmm. IQ people, and then it it just goes from like person to person where it's like this guy had a high IQ and then he joined the Black Panthers and then he just killed white people for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and that's a fascinating story. It was kind of fascinating to just see a list of interesting stories. Yeah, I, I spent just, so like, much time Googling all these people. I'm like, ooh, what did this guy get up to after that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy was just like, there's no evidence that he said I'm here to kill white people. Like, it's <laughs> just like what the police said he said. Yeah just a ton of some of these are so obscure too like some yeah. of them are really hard to find shit on i was looking for the guy who um the guy in cleveland who holds up the uh the news station and he's just that's like so fascinating and he's just like you know i'm here to that story has so much depth to it yeah and you can find nothing about it so folks at home it's a guy who like goes to a tv station in cleveland with a gun and he's just like listen you know these cops are fucking brutalizing these people they have these like magnums they can't even fucking they're aim killing them poor they're people. killing poor people they're killing black people so i'm here to to just hold up this station so I could say my piece and then I'm going to fucking shoot it out with the cops and they're going to kill me and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah. And the station people are like, can, can we like talk you out of it? He's like, no, not at all. You can't. So I, I don't want to hurt you guys. I want you guys to leave. Just find me somewhere where I can barricade myself yeah. and shoot it out with the cops. And, and then you think you're like, this is insane. And then it gets more insane when he's like, I killed my girlfriend. Yeah, I killed my girlfriend, I man. I killed my I got, girlfriend tonight. There's nothing else like, to do. What is happening? <laughs> what? But there's How did so you many twists here? and turns, yeah. and there's like there's like little lines that say so much. Where he says something like, you know, like we had all these big plans. We planned this together. We were gonna hold up the yeah. station together. But then I just went crazy and I fucking killed her. And you're like. What? Why? Why? What Why'd you do that? And then you like Google it, and they're just like, 40 years ago today, this <laughs> happened." And you're like, "That's all there is on this." No, that's a whole movie there. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff like that in this movie where it's just like some of the most fascinating footage you've seen, and then it's just like, "Isn't that crazy?" Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, everything is just like Ted that was Bundy. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Bundy. How about Ted Bundy, folks? Um, and then interspersed with all of it too is like just like just like schlock just like absolute just like gore bullshit yeah. where like uh at the end of the mass shooter part he's <laughs> like he's like you know the the people they they take out guns and they kill as many people as they can as if they were committing suicide <laughs> and then it's like flashes of just like gory shots of people who committed suicide like for uh, no like- reason <laughs> It's just like people hanged and people with their brains blown out and stuff. Yeah, contextless. Like a guy who looks like a football player with his head split wide open. It looks like a fucking Hellraiser scene. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, well, that's okay. That's just Uh, with me now. (laughs) I mean, it was like, you know, like being a kid, like watching shit on Rotten.com or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. Like this is really fucking gory stuff. Like I said, it feels like a Faces of Death movie. Um, oh, one of the parts that really made me laugh was when they got to um, like after right after the presidential assassinations. Then they're like, and then there was another assassination thing that America set its eyes on the Vietnam War. And then it just <laughs> plays the entire Jeff uh, Buffalo Springfield song. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, just a montage of like <laughs> Vietnam stuff. 
when those like notes dropped in, I was like, even if this is the first movie to ever do that song with the <laughs> Vietnam War, it's still funny. It's still funny. Even in this gore movie about how America <laughs> is dying, right. you still get, there's something happening in here. So bizarre. Yeah, wild fucking movie, man. Yeah, so I did a little more research on this. Okay, yeah. So what did what did you dig up about the production? So the one of the things that I found out is that Sheldon Renan or Renan or whatever, mm-hmm. he had been the National Endowment for the Arts like head. Okay. Like in the 60s when America was like alive. Let's give <laughs> let's give money to movies. Mhm. He was like one of the guys who's deciding what like gets American money for art. Okay. And then this is the movie he made. Yeah, I was going to say like they gave him money and he did this and then they're like we're not doing this anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't there's no evidence that this movie was funded by the government that I could find. Yeah. But he worked for the like he was in charge or one of the people in charge of the NEA. Right. So it's like but there's some sort of like Japanese background of this. Yeah, I don't totally understand really it, confusing. but it's like he's he's somehow like funded by the Japanese making this. And it's like an interesting time period for that because like in the early 80s that's when like Japanese car manufacturing is like really starting to ramp up and like the economic tension in America against the Japanese is so strong. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this has some sort of a like place in that where like this is the Japanese being like, look at how fucked America is. Like, they're fucking constantly killing each other and blowing their own brains out like a bunch mm. of fucking losers. <laughs> Not like us, the Japanese, who work ourselves to death and we're 30. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find much information. The other thing is that there's an uncredited director of this who's the guy who wrote Mishima. What? And was like friends with Mishima. Interesting. Who was a fascist who killed himself because he couldn't get attain power yeah um and that guy is also was like the writer the writer of this movie right which also doesn't make any sense yeah there's like what maybe like 10 minutes of of dialogue overall well there's it's all just like it's all just like showing footage and then being like he killed them later right it's just like (laughs) he goes on to shoot himself (laughs) there's a ton of stuff in this movie that just feels like like at at times i felt like i was just watching dateline Mm -hmm. like i was just watching you know 2020 special on assassinations i'm barbara waters right you know well i think it's like it's it it plays it really fast and loose with the truth and it plays it fast and loose with like the like the data and information available on these different things and i think a lot of it is just like here's what we know here's what i'm assuming happened and we put it all together and it kind of comes out into like sort of something well, they, like, cohesive any research right like you know ted bundy or uh, Ke- uh kessler i think mm-hmm. like they have movies themselves you know there's been books and books written on serial killers and, right you know assassinations and stuff and they just get like these little like five minutes like explanations of like ripley's believe it or not like and then he was like fucking the heads and it was <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what they're calling it head fuck <laughs> and the kids are going wild for it yeah one of my favorite things too is like because this is 1981 a lot of the terminology that we use today isn't coined yet and so like they call the mass shooters snipers no matter what they're doing there's like a guy who's just like 
like he's dressed like a pimp just standing on a sidewalk with a pistol just shooting at cars as they come past and they're like a sniper on the sidewalk and you're like that's not a sniper that's just a dude with a gun it's a yeah. different thing he's not <laughs> up on a roof or anything like he doesn't that have a, he's not like sniping he's yeah. just shooting he's just shooting people um but there's sniper and then also the serial killers they hadn't coined the term serial killer yet so they were still called sex murderers oh yeah I just and or co-ed murder, yeah. which is also I had to look up what co-ed meant because uh-huh. I thought that meant I don't know what I thought that meant. I thought that meant someone who went to college or something. That's what I thought. But apparently, it means woman who went to college because it's like early. It's like from a time when oh, women couldn't go to college, right? So it was like you're a co-ed because you're, you're going to a co-ed school. Co-education, like it's not just women or or boys, right? And girls couldn't used to go to school so mm-hmm. they just called all women who went to college co-eds right and they're just like still saying that like i'm supposed to know what that means um bizarre um but so you get all of this stuff it's just like none of it has anything to do with each other right like if you know anything about like history or like economics <laughs> like yeah, he never really goes into the economics of any of this he never says like anyway these people are killing each other because of you know, their material conditions, they never talk about like, you know, no. people are like running short on money and so they like have poor to do people. Like, it's, it's like there's mental health issues. There's the fact that this conspiracy, like the right. CIA assassin, Manson is a CIA operation. You know, Jack Ruby, they just like a nightclub owner shot him. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's mixed in with serial killers, with random guys who were in the Black Panthers, supposedly. Yeah. Just nonsense. Just weird stuff. Like, the, like they'll do a freeze frame of like the. They do this during um, the Reagan scene where like the guy goes to shoot. Ra- or no, um, the Wallace scene where he goes to shoot George Wallace. And they like freeze frame and then circle the gun. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> this is the gun. <laughs> you're like, okay, that's the gun. I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then and then it's all sort of wrapped up um, as the. Well, wait, wait. So like, okay. there's a thematic thing that happens that's very funny too, uh, where like because it's called the killing of America and like it has otherwise nothing to say he kind of has to occasionally in the in the voiceover just like be like almost as if he was killing america yeah there is that one <laughs> they do he does it a few times it's yeah. Just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah he picked up a gun and went to school almost as if to shoot america <laughs> in the face and blow his stupid little head apart he was killing the united states yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that there's like weird like there's a weird uh it's the only reasons. way you can make it a cohesive unit right it's the only way to make it a movie is to, to like occasionally say the title because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you really have nothing to say there's it's nothing just, connecting this it's stuff. just there's no real political uh perspective except for it's fucked it's everything d- america's is fucked, fucked <laughs> and the implication and you can i think what i was getting to is that the only real thing at the end they say is like, this needs to stop. We need to get these people off of the streets. Right. And the fact that there's no ever criticism of the police. Right. Um, yeah. And the only consultants and special thanks are the LAPD, <laughs> the LAPD office of court, like coroner's office, the LAPD and the policeman's benevolent. And the only, um, the, uh, 
consultants are cops. Like if you can Google those names, <laughs> it's like two cops and then a couple filmmakers. Interesting. Um, so it's just like the whole point of this is like we need to give more power to the police to arrest right. people. Um, they even wrap it up with something about like you know if 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 we can't get through the government red tape. There you the, go. Yeah. You know, there's so many like uh, you know it's a revolving door in the prisons. You know, like people should just stay there forever probably uh-huh. i don't know <laughs> something like that <laughs> well it's funny because the, the, they don't really have that message throughout the movie but it's literally like the like the last thing they say right before they do john lennon yeah yeah so that's the last so bit is lame. john lennon gets shot <laughs> and they're like yeah he's like he's like something has to change people need to stand up and change things and it's like the it's the memorial for john lennon at central park and it's like a it's a speech where a woman saying like maybe if we all band together we could stop this from happening again and you're like okay so is he doing like a give peace a chance thing or whatever and then the final 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 thing is it freeze frames yeah and then he's like two and the american people were wait, wait, shot it at freeze his frames thing. on <laughs> the american flag yeah which turns gray <laughs> and then he says he says two people were shot at this memorial three people were shot in the time it took you to watch this movie one of them a random person (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) howard what is like who are the other two uh, what does it mean to be a random stranger? It's so funny. It's like, so bizarre. I love his little drops at the end yeah. of the little segment. So it's just like you're just watching John Wayne Gacy and then it's just like, he was only caught when he ran out of room to bury them under his house <laughs> yeah. and dumped one in the river. <laughs> if he'd only had a deeper basement, he could have gone on forever. He really like, he seems like he's getting so much joy he out of it. it. He loves this. <laughs> It's his favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> but he's just an actor, but he's doing a great job. Yeah, he he loves the one guy um all the other ones he like has some sort of disdain for, but there's the one guy who like has the sawed-off shotgun that he holds up to like the insurance broker. Oh yeah. And he has like a wire thing that's like wrapped around his neck and then the other one's wrapped around his neck that was so fascinating that's fascinating there is a full movie about that <laughs> i know but isn't it duct tape in the movie or something no no what somebody made a, someone made a documentary about this exact incident oh, where the okay. guy so it's a guy who has a sawed off shotgun and like the muzzle like the the what do you what do you call the hole at the end the muzzle okay so the muzzle has like a, a wire Barrel. on it that's like wrapped around this dude's neck and it's like the gun is pointed at the back of his head and then the other side of it is wired to his own neck so that if he the gets trigger shot is yeah so if he falls if he falls if he gets shot if he runs away whatever like it will shoot the guy yeah fascinating little device idea yeah it's just strings but it's like this is smart it, smart plan as a hostage plan yeah. and i it's like the it's like the the manager of the bank he takes hostage right yeah yeah because they denied him a loan and then he like <laughs> yeah, he does some baller. whole thing where he's like he's like i want to be able to be on the news and say my piece about how this guy fucking blows and whatever <laughs> and then he does and and the apparently he held him for three days which yeah. is great how do you do that i don't know he like there's like a there's like a scene where he's like yelling and the cops are like there's a, there's a weird the, the first tip off of like what the purpose of this movie is is when like 
It's like a hot-headed rookie draws his gun, but then an old, wizened cop <laughs> <laughs> tells, tells him, him to the put it away. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you, again, you're like, you're like, oh, so what's going to happen is the rookie's going to shoot him, and nope. then it's like, nope. He's he just made pointing the right out, choice, I guess. Smart cop. Yeah, smart cops. Uh, but that a it, good thing there was a smart cop there. In that scene, that guy like gets into a car with this contraption on. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a saw movie. He like he like falls into it. He's like, all right, come on. And then the other guy who's got the gun to his neck like drives. Yeah. <laughs> um, very bizarre. I don't know, but the thing is. I didn't look that one up, so I don't know how it ends. Oh, I did look it up. So it's I know, it's, but like this movie doesn't tell you. It's it does. Just, it does. It tells you. Uh, he gets he he does eventually take it off of him. He doesn't kill the banker. No, he doesn't. And then he goes to jail, but then he doesn't get a prison sentence. He he. Uh, they he, let him off. He gets an insanity plea. Okay. And then I looked it up, and about a decade later, he got released from the uh, asylum he was put in because they couldn't. Uh, because I guess they were like closing the the criminally insane asylums of the day, and he they couldn't like prove that he was still dangerous. So they were like, "All right, well, I guess you get to go just be out there." Yeah, he doesn't seem really dangerous. He seemed like an angry guy who was fucked over. Yeah, I mean, I feel sympathy for that guy. <laughs> and so does the narrator. The narrator is like, yeah. "And he's very cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool he, this, gun. This whole this whole documentary is about how you should be scared and support the police, but actually, sometimes it's pretty sick. But sometimes it's cool. <laughs> sometimes it's cool. Um, yeah. So this is a he movie. had a very large penis. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wanted to fuck him. He got much. Pussy. The ladies around were going wild. <laughs> the cops had to hold them back. He has like some line where he's like, he's holding the gun to him. He's like, you know, if I was some sort of a fucking pussy, you know, like I, I got no nerves, man. If I was a, if I was a bundle of nerves, this guy's head would have been blown off hours ago. But I'm not. But I'm not. I got fucking balls of steel. <laughs> and then there is like, he did. <laughs> he had balls of steel. He had very nice balls. <laughs> <laughs> women but, on the scene saw them and said they were very nice but you must be afraid of gun violence despite this man's huge penis <laughs> as if he was nutting in america <laughs> anyway i fucking hate this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> um i couldn't believe it yeah um yeah, this is just straight up like cop propaganda. Yeah, I was gonna say to compare it to another movie that we've watched on this show that's similar, uh, which is Surviving Edged Weapons. God, it is kind of like Surviving Edged Weapons, but but Surviving like- Edged Weapons is really funny mm-hmm. and like weird and like somebody like really put a lot of care into these little yeah. scenes. This is more just like showing you a weird thing and being like pretty bad huh (laughs) you should probably not go outside anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah only talk to police yeah uh and give them more money although i'd I'd argue maybe surviving edged weapons is more dangerous oh sure because that's actually for cops to be like everything's a knife you should just shoot people (laughs) right away whereas this is for like uh, i mean ladies but even that's weird because it's like this is like a this is a fucking Mondo movie. It would have been seen in like a grindhouse theater. Like it would be seen by like gigolos in Times Square <laughs> in the 70s. Yeah, I guess. But that's the thing is this is the 80, like the beginning of the 80s and it feels so much like the beginning of the yeah. 80s. Like it just feels like it's time to be scared of everything. We're entering a new phase in America. 
like it's honestly a fascinating little time capsule of what it is because yeah. it, it was on this level of like something that would get shown on the news maybe but it was like too gory right and it's like like a, it's it's association with like foreign funding and it, it has reviews like it wasn't like a it was treated as a documentary you right. know what i mean like it wasn't treated exact <laughs> i mean in retrospect i pe- think people were like this is kind of just a exploitation movie yeah but seems like at the time people were like fairly positive on it and were like it's an interesting interesting look into what's happening to our country yeah exactly because people were not aware of what messages are necessarily being told to them unless it was very explicit right um so in a way kind of fascinating and i guess as a list of interesting things to look into and a collection of (laughs) extremely gory footage yeah uh, honestly i think you could do better like i mean you could go online and find like yeah a, a YouTube video of like creepy pasta like real life creepy pastas that would sort of steer you in a better direction than this. Yeah. But um I think if you're interested in um gun st- like I I, th- I, <laughs> I think if you're I think if you're interested in getting into like uh uh like makeup and special effects I think this could be a good one to watch. Oh, just to see gore. Just to see gore gore, and see what stuff looks like and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can make a guy's head split open. Yeah. Dude, if you want to see some gore and you want to hear multiple clips of movies that I've heard only in grindcore albums, yeah. (laughs) uh, That's that's for you. I mean, like, this is a movie I would have liked as a goth teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be like, Oh, all this gross shit. But it's like, it's not a real movie. Yeah, (laughs) if I was putting together an annoying album, I would be pulling sound clips from this all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was really funny because one of my favorite metal albums, like, has a clip where he says, uh, if I'm ever to be forgiven for what I've done, I have to learn, you know, like, there's that that guy with a mustache. I was like, oh, hey, that's from that album. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's a crazy movie. Yeah. Very fascist, very propaganda uh i would say don't watch it probably yeah probably don't watch yeah. it but uh maybe do i don't know it, look if you want to watch i wouldn't give it a recommend but i'd say maybe watch it i'd say if you want to if 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 you grew up you know if you grew up looking at rotten.com and you grew up fascinated by serial killers or all that kind of true crime yeah, shit, yeah, yeah sure throw it on just know that you're being sold don't look just ignore the ideology. Everything they're saying about the stories are fake. Yeah. And you don't want to support cops. <laughs> That's an interesting parallel that uh, I hadn't considered is like the parallel to like modern true crime. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this is literally just a true crime. Because like true crime documentaries and, and true crime... Um, I mean, true crime documentaries sometimes at least are like this guy went to jail for no reason. But like it... it Oh, sure. It so often is not that, though. No, 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 it's so no. often just it's like, porn. here's what happened, and isn't that crazy? I think I think there is... So, true crime, I think, um, is mostly that. Is mm-hmm. mostly, like, sometimes you watch, you know, documentaries that get in the genre or, like, pieces of art that are, like, trying to look into mental health issues or trying to look into, like, why crime happens. Like, that does fall into true crime, but, like the media empire of true crime mm-hmm. is just porn. Yes. It's it's just like, what if I got in trouble? What if I got attacked and yeah. you want to feel this? Or- it's like a horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, 
thinking about what if that happened to me um and i think there's like a weird crossover of women who sexualize it mm-hmm. um who are sort of like aren't necessarily kinky but like kind of are experiencing that rush of like what if it, sure what yeah if, what if i was attacked what if i was raped you know like, right and well and they're also using it to like radicalize themselves into like what they will in maybe like five to ten years discover to be like an extremely reactionary ideology of like you know Absolutely. setting up surveillance cameras around your house and like mm-hmm. buying ever more elaborate locks for your door and That's stuff and even people who are like i just like to think about it i just think it's fun or i just think it's interesting or i'm just like reading i like to read creepy stories like they do get scared. Yeah. Like they're like, they start scaring themselves because that stuff is designed to make you trust the police and trust the, you know, justice system. Mm-hmm. And it's like the only people who aren't trying to kill you are the police is basically yeah. the, <laughs> the ideology of that, uh, which is the opposite of true. <laughs> I remember like during that very brief time that I was working as a realtor that like the, like the hardest thing in the world was getting women into a first floor apartment because they were always like i'm just like i have just listened to too much true crime like i know how easy it is to get into a first floor apartment you're like it's easy to get like there's a fire escape right there (laughs) it's easy to get into every one of these apartments like what so what no one wants to rape you like no like do you know anybody like that like this is what i mean like yeah if you're gonna get raped or murdered it's almost certainly gonna be by somebody you know you already know them who's already in your house right (laughs) (laughs) almost certainly like yes stalking happens and like that does you know like sure bad things happen but like you're not more like like there's no evidence that you're more likely to be killed or raped if you live on the first floor yeah again it's like there is a fire escape there like they can climb up to the second floor right. and do it's it. because they know and in fact are. in fact probably easier because the landlord isn't legally obligated to put bars on the first on the second floor windows he is yeah. on the first floor mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous and i mean this is the whole thing that's the whole cycle right mm-hmm. of, of of the of the economy of true crime it's just like people are like i'm having fun until i'm scared and then i want to hear more and i gotta feel more i gotta listen to more to feel safe yeah so that i know i'm being proactive and that's a weird like empowering way that the people because people i'm saying women because i feel like it's sort <laughs> of like all the people i know who are like really into true crime yeah are women but it's just like yeah there's not a lot of guys who are into true crime mm-mm. i mean i grew up really into serial killers mm-hmm. like i read t- like a lot of the books that i read that were non-fiction some of the first stuff i read was like sure yeah ted bundy stuff and you know uh, ed gein stuff and i was just like you know for the same reason um but you just learn that that's not the case that it's kind of not true that it's very very rare (laughs) right exactly and that kind of comes back to what we started out talking about which is like the way that you can like present stuff next to each other in such a way that you can be like hey it's crazy out here in these streets like america is fucking out of control there's a sex murder all the time but like (laughs) if you look at those sex murders versus like general population you're like this almost never happens. Honestly, like one of the weirdest thoughts that popped into my head with this movie was I don't think murder is that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> like as a society, trying to be like murder is something we need to stop mm-hmm. is such a weird thing because it's like there's less killing than there ever has been in the entirety of human history. Yeah. And looking at murders now because we have footage of them it freaks us out but it's like before you were much more likely to die early at the hand of a sword right <laughs> or yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know just be raped at 13 to death you know like 
it was a the world has been a brutal place for us for a long time and now like there's this weird sense that like if we just organize the world better we'll have like no more killing right and i just that's not we're animals like people are gonna kill each other of course and that's not like a real goal we can well, have. we have like certain versions of it that are completely fine to do right it's like yeah. you have like police war. you have police killings you have war you have like places where it's completely 100 percent just like that's what you're supposed to do there sure. in fact like mm-hmm. we love that you did that <laughs> good job doing it yeah um and it's very bizarre that this movie like kind of frames it as like the whole point is to never have anybody kill anyone and yeah. we have to give up all of our rights so that no one ever kills anyone unless they are affiliated with the state. Right. And it's just like, that's not a real goal. That's not a real anybody. No one should be striving for that. Right. Um. You know, work on mental health, work on poverty, work on, you know, that will lower the murder rates. But like, yeah, because he like, he, it's not how it works. Because he really like, he goes into it so much about like, you know, like England, Japan and <laughs> France combined are the about the same size as America, but they only have 16 murders and the, we have a million. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, but like he never like probes that he's never like, why is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the reactionary thing is to say guns. Yeah. We have more guns. And it's like, maybe but it's also like we have a lot higher inequality right and we have a whole ethnicity of people who are enslaved right and it's <laughs> we have like bowling for columbine was a very good take on it because bowling for columbine is the first movie that was just like canadians also have a lot of guns like there's a lot yeah. of guns there and like they don't have this happen all the time like what else could it be then <laughs> right which i loved as a kid because i grew up shooting guns mm-hmm. i'm a gun person i like guns and it's just like i remember watching that movie and being like oh it could be something other than just the fact that you have them right like this they're dangerous and if you have a culture that is all about fucking murdering people and like keeping people in poverty yeah people will shoot each other but it's like they don't shoot each other just because they're around right and there is some element of like it's like a culture around it too i i have to watch that movie again but we should like, watch that movie again. we should watch that yeah i'm very curious Moore. how it holds up um <laughs> yeah me too but i remember like there's the scene where he like goes to the bank and opens a checking account and they give him a free gun a rifle, for opening yeah. the checking account and he's like well first question is do you think this is a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> he's very he he's funnier than he gets credit for michael moore i think michael moore while he doesn't have you know i don't agree with him on everything obviously i Mm -hmm. think he is sort of soft pro-capitalism but like generally has a good heart i think yeah i think as a filmmaker he certainly can be based i think he has his times yeah but as a filmmaker wildly talented yes very talented and i think very funny because he has a twitter account people have like not as like appreciate him less yeah because of as a person and like they don't love every take he has on his podcast but like Bowling for Columbine, Fahrenheit 9-11, amazing movies. Yeah, Sicko is really good. Capitalism Love Story is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Capitalism Love Story, I think I've talked about this before, that the fact that it ends with him just saying straight up, like, you can't reform capitalism, you have to destroy it. And that it ends with the international is, like, incredible. Yeah. What a great movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Michael Moore is cool. Come on the show. (laughs) Come on the pod, Mike. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think we both would not recommend this movie, but maybe would. 
I kind of had fun, even though I hated it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. This has been another episode with Bryn and Jeremy. Follow me at Kinematography. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder on Twitter. Follow the show at Gen Loss Pod. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, we do the movie news um, and sometimes other topics. And you can listen to those episodes at patreon.com slash generation loss. It's a weekly bonus episode. You also get access to the discord where we'll show you the movie for the regular episodes. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody it's illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal. It's totally legal. No, it's illegal to tell anybody. That's right. It's Don't illegal tell to tell anybody or I'm calling the fucking cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're killing America and this podcast. You're killing America. That's you that's doing it. I'd also like to give a special plug, a special shout out once again to the nation of Italy and to, to Catholics worldwide. <laughs> we did it once again, everybody. And we're closing on the Italian national anthem. We'll see you next week. Dopo diez anni a broccoli, Pasquale americano, ballando il mambo all'italiano. Hey, hey, mambo, mambo italiano, hey, mambo, mambo italiano, go, go, go. You make that Siciliano, all your calabrese do the mambo like a crazy one. Hey, mambo. Hey, Gusta! I love the high